0: This is a STEAM channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. Well, hello, everyone. This is Dr. Stephen Mercer. And I'm an independent educational consultant where I help students and families apply to college. And I'm also an adjunct professor in the college counseling certificate program at the University of California, San Diego Extension. And I'm here uh, again with another really remarkable expert in the world of college admission. And I'm really honored to have Scott Anderson, who's a senior director at the Common App and is secretary to the board, and has been at the Common App for over a decade and has really seen uh, a lot of what's going on, um, sometimes behind the scenes, but also really upfront working directly with counselors and students and is a really, really knowledgeable person. and. I'm excited to have you here today, Scott. So thanks. Happy to be here, Stephen. So, you know, for those of us that work in college admission, counselors or folks on the college side, I think probably we all know what the Common App is. It's something we talk about probably every day without even thinking about, right? But maybe folks who are watching this, students, families, um, uh, or others may not know exactly what the Common App is. So could you give us a little bit of an overview of what is the Common App?
1: Yeah, I would be happy to. I I think for uh people who know us, they generally know us for the tool that we have which is the Common App and is an application that students can use to apply to any of our over 900 member colleges and universities in the US and around the world. Uh but that term member university, I think is the is the part that that people don't know. Common App is a not-for-profit membership association of colleges. Uh, Our mission is to uh, pursue access, equity, and integrity in the college admission process. Um, We have been around since 1975, which is a lot longer than many folks realize. And we were founded at the time by 15 small, selective liberal arts colleges uh, that were scattered around the country that realized, you know, we've got a lot of students who are Applying to each of our universities, wouldn't it be intriguing to try to develop some sort of a shared application to see if we could streamline the process for those students and in, in the process, uh, expose ourselves and our opportunities offered on our campus to students who might not otherwise have found us. And since that, uh, th- that first cohort in 1975. We have grown uh, to what will next year be 921 colleges and universities. Uh, they are public and private. They are um, co-ed and single gender. They are large and small and rural and urban and suburban and everything in between. They represent the full diversity of four-year higher education in America. Um, for a long time, Common App was only for private universities, but in 2000, uh, public universities joined for the first time. And now they represent about 20%, a little over 20% of our membership, uh, state flagships and public and regional universities uh, as well. And um, and we're really excited that next year we will have our first two-year college join us. Uh, that's Richard Bland College of the College of William and Mary in, in Virginia.
0: That's really exciting. I didn't know about that. So I'm, I'm excited to hear that.
1: Yeah, as are we.
0: Yeah, really great. And are and international universities outside, of, universities outside of the United States included in that as well?
1: They, they are. We've got oh about 70, a little shy of 70 colleges and universities um, that are outside of the U.S. They joined our membership in um, about six or seven years ago. For the first time, the majority of those colleges outside of the U.S. are in the United Kingdom, uh, but we've got universities in, um, in 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 France and in Switzerland and in Italy and in Australia, really ar- around the globe, and, and very excited to be able to um, offer uh, um, pursuit of those institutions through the Common App.
0: Yeah, I the the notion of member colleges, as I think, is an important one for folks to understand. Um, as it is for counselors, uh, too, that uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, to a great degree, the members, the individual colleges that that use the Common App um, are a pretty important kind of foundation to the organization, right? Meaning in terms of decision making, um, uh, features of the application, um, kind of like the way faculty, right, drive a lot of what happens within a university or college setting. Is that correct to frame it that way? It is.
1: And and I would also add to that um, we are working in concert with our members to make sure that we're serving students well as well. Mm -hmm. And so while it's critically important that uh, Common App exists to facilitate the the transmission of applications and data uh, to colleges and universities to help them make uh, informed admission decisions about their applicants, we want to make sure, and, and you know this uh, well from from working on our uh, outreach advisory committee, we want to make sure we're engaging students and counselors in that process as well so that we're building out a, an application each year that, that doesn't just serve the needs of our members and the institutions, but also serves the very diverse needs of the students who use the Common App um i mentioned that we've got over 900 uh, member colleges and universities but every year over 1 million students will use the common app to apply to college which is an astounding number uh when yeah. you when you think about it every year about half a million counselors and teachers will use the common app to support those students uh by sending transcripts and recommendations and other information to supplement the student's application as well and those individuals the students and the counselors and the teachers have had very real needs both in terms of the information that they want to present to colleges and in terms of the processes that they need to go through to get the supporting information to colleges so while it is absolutely true that members are, are the foundation of the common app and and we uh, we, we, we must work to serve their needs at the same time we have to make sure that uh, the application is also working for the
0: million plus individuals who are using it in different ways right right I mean the technical side of what it takes to to sustain this mil, over a million applications and 900 members and the transmission of information and I mean it's just must be quite quite remarkable to pull you know to pull the curtain behind. The folks in your organization who are managing that—that that just must be um, a feat unto itself, really.
1: It, it is. It's it's kind of funny. You talk to anybody in our in our uh, organization, and they will almost to a person have the same story that they'll be speaking with someone that they've just met, or, or maybe even someone they've known a long time, and mention where they work, and and someone will say, "Common app? People work there?" <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, they do. Right. To, to your point, uh, that is a, a lot of data to get back and forth between between students and, and colleges. And right. uh, as you might guess just uh, from your work with students, we've got a couple of um, uh, big deadlines throughout the year. November 1st is a big deadline because of early decision and early action applications. January 1st remains a big deadline. As well. And when you look at the, the volume on those days, it's, it's, it's fairly, uh, fairly astounding. Um, we had, uh, we broke a record this past year. I think it was on January. It's either January 1st or December 31st. We crested, I think, 900 submissions in a minute, um, oh in, in those last minutes, uh, of that deadline day. So. Uh, that will give you a sense of the kind of um, support that we need to provide uh, both uh, from a technical nature, but also a personal nature for, for people who have
0: questions. Right. So one of the parts of the Common App as an organization that I, I'm always intrigued about and I love sharing with folks, but I think you could share even better is, uh, you know, the, yep, it's an application. It's a really important application to students and families that are around that time of applying to college. They're probably going to know about it and have to use it. And then they move on, right? They apply. Hopefully they're going off to college and they might not really have to think about Common App anymore as an application, that front facing student, you know, part of it. But I'm always intrigued as I learn more and more about how the Common App organization is more than just an application, right? There's a pretty robust um, uh, set of initiatives that you uh, are a part of, that you've started, that you've partnered with. Could you paint that picture for us? Because I think that's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. And it all goes back to that mission that I mentioned a few minutes ago of access, equity, and integrity. Um, access, we we want to make sure we are advancing opportunities for students to get to higher education. Uh, equity, we want to make sure that all students feel uh, welcomed in the application that they can see themselves in the, in the application. Because if they can't see themselves in the application, they're going to have a really hard time seeing themselves in college. And so that yeah. is incredibly important for us. But the integrity piece is one that we don't talk about a lot, but it, it's, it's very important to me. I, I interpret that as, is not just doing the right thing, but when you think about the reach that our organization has, how can we use that reach for good? Um, how can we share information um, with those students about filling out the FAFSA, you know, the, the free application for federal student aid, making sure that students understand that there's a process uh of getting to college that is not just the uh admission application, but also the financial aid application? That I think is a very um simple uh look at it integrity one of the mm-hmm. one of the really exciting things uh for common app in, in the last couple of years has been um the unification that we have had with former first lady michelle obama's reach higher initiative when mrs obama was in the white house she began this initiative called reach higher which really was to inspire students to Uh, Continue their education beyond high school, whether that be a a four-year college, a a two-year college, a credential, um, Mm -hmm. something, something that would go beyond high school education, even work in the military, have a plan for Mm -hmm. after high school. Um, When the Obama administration ended, that program existed for a short time in in, in a a nonprofit where some other Obama-era initiatives were also living. But we've done some, some work with them uh, on one of their texting campaigns where they were trying to reach out to students to help them understand the importance of filling out the FAFSA and uh, and also, you know, trying to prevent summer melt, which is the idea of, of students who apply and say that they're going to enroll in a college, but then don't show up in the fall. It's a really big problem, right. particularly yep. among low income and, and underserved students. So we'd already developed a relationship with, with the Reach Higher team. Uh, and we wanted to to continue that, and as they learned a little bit more about Common App beyond the application itself, getting back to that idea of mission of being more than an application, they saw in us uh, a, a potential home, and we were delighted that uh, January first of twenty nineteen, their whole team joined us, and so now Mrs. Obama's Reach Higher Initiative is a Common App campaign and they live within the organization. And it really is, it's a terrific marriage. If you you think about Reach Higher, inspiring confidence in students to continue their education, and you think about Common App channeling that inspiration toward a tangible action of applying to college, it is such a great fit uh, that we are are really excited to have them aboard. They also brought with them um, deep experience, uh, not just in the public policy realm, which you might expect, but also in the area of philanthropy, supporting efforts mm-hmm. that advance access and education. And so we now, because of their role and their presence within the Common App organization, um, are administering um grants totaling three and a half million dollars from six different foundations the Carnegie mm. Foundation the Gates Foundation the mm. Joyce Foundation and, and others helping us to advance some of those access initiatives relating to um, community colleges and 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 um, and transferring from two-year colleges to four-year colleges which is of interest to our members um, looking at, scholarships and, and how can the common application um, really help match students with scholarship opportunities that might be out mm-hmm. there. So we're exploring yeah. that as well. And the other thing that, uh, and this is something that the Gates Foundation is funding, is how can the common app use the rich data that we have based on the, the variety and the number of institutions and students who are using us? How can we use that data for the public good? What are the trends that we see? How can we inform public policy? We need to dig into our own data, uh, not just to inform practices that will help members and will help students and counselors, but also practices that can inform public policy as well. So um, those mm-hmm. are some really exciting initiatives that we have uh, largely be because of, uh, of Mrs. Obama's
0: program coming on board. Yeah. That's really fascinating. So when you have the involvement of national um, foundations, like what you're talking about, it just speaks to the to the seriousness of it, right? There's a, a certain kind of um, um, momentum that that creates. And I just know that from my experience. So that's really impressive. Now, to so what degree is the, I'm curious about the public policy piece. Are, are you, as an organization, actively advocating and working on public policy at a national level, but what is that looking like? Yeah, it, it's,
1: it, it's an interesting question. We, we are, we don't have a, a dedicated effort to that right now. And really we're just, we're just beginning uh, to um, see what our role is in that space. You know, you and I are talking um, only a couple hours after the Supreme court upheld, uh, DACA status deferred action for childhood arrivals, which protects uh, what are generally referred to as the dreamers students who are who are brought here, not as citizens brought here for their parents by by a, a better life uh, for a better a better life. The Supreme Court has now upheld that. It is a huge, huge decision for our country but but also for higher education in general, education in, in general. Um, and within a, a very short time of that announcement coming out from the court, common App was out there. With a statement, um, applauding this. And that is not something that would have happened, uh, two years ago, three years ago, m- much less a decade ago. And when, when I, mm-hmm. when I arrived at, at the organization, we're in a very different place right now. We have a different voice. We're learning how to use it. And I think
0: we are learning where it can be most valuable. Great. That's really neat. So I also want to talk about what's going i mean it's it's great that you're bringing up something that's happening in our in our in our society right now, hours old and there's a lot of going on you know weeks and months old with the pandemic as well as quite a bit of um, you know national discussion about access and equity and um, protests a lot of a lot of upheaval and a lot of uncertainty you know sometimes it's hard to imagine. I, th- I guess, again, thinking about a student, right? Who's filling out an application to go to college and whether they look at that as daunting or exciting, you know, can vary. And they're thinking the common app and it's just this thing I have to fill out, right? How could that possibly have something to do with, um, playing a role in the pandemic and those changes or, or other bigger things that are happening in our society? You know, what, what's common app's position on that about how are, how is common app responding to all these? Changes.
1: We, we've approached it in a few ways. Um, when it became evident how, uh, how deeply the pandemic was going to affect, in fact, affecting, um, higher education and students, really, society as a whole, we, we realized that we had a responsibility to, to do a few things. One was to try to connect, uh, students and counselors with resources that would be helpful in thinking about um, education and thinking about applying to college. Uh, There are a a lot of terrific organizations out there that were doing, um, putting together webinars and tutorials on conducting a virtual College search, for example, or on on um, how to approach a financial aid office if your financial aid package had changed because of family circumstances. And so we we worked to try to gather those resources together, um, put them up on a dedicated page on our, on our website and then share that that link out with our community. We weren't the only ones doing this. There were other organizations that were doing it as well, um, and we're doing a fantastic job of it. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that we were we were helping as much as possible in that. So that was mm-hmm. that was one thing. The other thing that we realized pretty quickly was that there would be a need for both students and schools, high schools, to to report somehow what the impacts of the coronavirus have been on them personally or on their communities. The Common App has always had a space for students to share information about themselves through, through an essay. You know this and you've you've worked with us uh, in the advisory committee on making sure that those, those essay prompts are structured in a way that everybody can find a home within them to write about themselves. But they're, but students are so much more than this pandemic. And we, we didn't necessarily want students to have to use their essay to talk about this experience because there's so much more to them. They're, you know, what they believe and what they love and what makes them happy. We want them to be able to share that with colleges as well. And so we worked to create a new space within the application that really will, would, is going to invite students, if they need it, because not everybody's going to need it to talk about what their um, experience was like. You know, was, was their loss in the family? Was their illness? Was their financial disruption? Um, were there new obligations that came about because maybe, you know, your parents were working and you needed to make sure that your younger siblings were doing their homework? Um, right. Were you in an apartment uh, with um, a half a dozen other family members trying to do your own schoolwork with spotty internet or no internet. Mm-hmm. you know so there's so many different considerations and we wanted to make sure that students have that space. And so we worked closely with counselors on the advisory committee and, and you were part of that. we're so grateful for it to come up with language that really would um, be inviting for students uh, to, to share that information. We also did something similar. For school counselors to, uh, help them to give them a, a, a space where they could report how their, their school years, their calendars, their grading policies, um, their instructional methods might have needed to be adjusted because of, of the pandemic. Um, right. and, and, uh, you know, those were received very well, those changes, and, and we look forward to being able to support students And counselors next year, as they're going through the process, we also don't anticipate that this is going to be a one year thing, right? These, these, there will be lingering effects of this situation. And, uh, and, and I would anticipate that those, uh,
0: um, questions would remain on the application for some time. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. So, you know, you've referenced the counselor advisory committee, which I've been really honored to be a part of, which is, you know, opportunities to have discussions with you all and your staff about. What we see as counselors and any needs, uh, and keeping us up to date, and vice versa, having some communication back and forth, and the discussion about whether you know this question, this this space in the application is a good idea, was a a really interesting one, and I'm I'm really happy with the decision that you've made. But it's interesting to think about, and, and I hadn't thought about it until you just mentioned it that this may not be just one year that this question is there,
1: right? Yeah. And, and also it's something I, I didn't add, but we, we also, if, if you think back over the last couple of years, uh, to some of the, the natural disasters that, that students around the country, around the world have needed to, to face wildfires in California and, and mm-hmm. earthquakes here and, and, and in other parts of the country, um, st- students are experiencing community disruptions all the time. And so while, while the, um, the COVID nineteen experience really was the catalyst for introducing this question. Uh, we we approach it a bit more expansive way, um, and specifically cite natural disasters, um, some sort of community disruptions that that students could be facing. So again, they they've got a dedicated space to talk about that.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. What I was thinking about just the other day, just kind of lot as I was going about my day, is you know, since a decision was made to include a question about COVID nineteen on the common application for this upcoming admission cycle, after the decision was made and that was put in the application, you know, formalized, technically inserted in there, ready to go. What if something else happens, right? What if there's a different, I mean, because we're seeing in the national news a lot, right? And there's either upheavals of sorts or or other natural disasters, you know? So uh, the idea that there's maybe an ongoing space for students optionally to share that, I think it's intriguing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really important. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I said that um, we didn't want students to have to talk about their experience with COVID-19 if they didn't want to. But also, there are some students for whom that will be the thing that they want to share in their essay because it impacted them. Or their families so deeply, or because it, it gave them a new um, a new outlook on on um, the world or on their community. And you can certainly look at um, the recent um, racial unrest uh, that that we have seen in this country and what we are grappling with as a society right now. Um, those those are are are, are deeply felt uh, experiences, and we fully expect that students will want to. To share that, and, and they may choose to do it within uh, their essay, um, but they may choose to use uh, one of these new spaces to do it as well.
0: Yeah. So, Scott, um, so much to talk about, so many interesting things. I'd love to continue our conversation. But, you know, for folks who are thinking, I didn't know that the Common App was more than just an app, and they want to stay informed, they want to know about initiatives, they want to hear more about. It happens with Reach Higher or other ways that Common App supports students and public policy, etc. What's the best way for folks to stay informed?
1: I, I think uh, through through social media, um, we uh, the Common App account at Common App for both uh, Twitter, Facebook, and also Instagram, um, and then at uh, reach, um, reach Higher and Reach um Reach Higher and also Better Make Room. Uh, better Make Room is a student facing campaign of. reach higher, that dabbles a bit more in, uh, in, um, some of the social media outlets that, that younger students are, are using, not, not old people like me who are using Facebook, but you know, TikTok and, um, and Instagram in in particular, um, we are always using those outlets, not just to share news about, um, about common app and, and reach higher and what we are doing, but also to, to lift up, um, the, the champions of the work that we do in general, whether that be colleges and universities that are doing really innovative and exciting things, or whether it be students themselves, uh, who are, are, mm. you know, who've got a picture of themselves with a diploma in their hand and a beaming smile because they made it. Like those are the great stories that, that we want. The other plug I'll put in too is, um, back on, uh, last, last week, um, YouTube hosted in conjunction with Reach Higher, um, a, a celebration day for the class of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mrs. Obama and President Obama spoke. There were speakers and entertainers over the five-hour course of this event. It's hashtag near class of 2020. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, I would invite anybody listening to this to to drop in and catch one of the speeches one of the performances because they were so incredibly um, inspiring and uh, it's, it's really
0: why we do the work that we do. Yeah. Hey, Scott Anderson of The Common App, thank you very, very much. Really appreciate you spending your time talking with us today. Been a pleasure, Stephen. Thank you.